Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Star Bros Podcast. I'm joined here by my bro host, Ben Skywalker. And I'm joined by my bro host, Jan Solo. And it is great to be here for episode 18. I can't believe every time we name a new number, I can't believe we're still at it. And yeah. I believe, I'm sure that there's some people who can't believe it either. <laughs> uh, our spouses. <laughs> First and foremost, are like, you're still doing this? We're still doing it. We're still having fun. <laughs> and some people happy. are listening. Yes. Which is awesome. I'm, I mean, I love going back and looking at what we've done and, and like, oh my gosh, I have to scroll through and actually, you know, takes me a while to get to the bottom and I think about the first episode and I, I don't know, we really haven't changed too much and hopefully that means we landed on something good and, but I don't know, I, I'm always excited when I look back and see that we've, we've come this far, but we're still at 18, we've got a long ways to go. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think you bring up a good point about us kind of not changing a whole lot. So if you're new to the Star Bros podcast, I don't know, maybe you went on the Braxium YouTube channel and watched a quick shot of Braxium where this week me and Ben are featured in a really cool episode of Quick Shots. And we'll talk about that in the news. Yep. Um, but maybe you found your way here ha- having not listened to some other episodes. Here's the gist. Two bros talking about Star Wars, trying to keep it lighthearted and fun, trying to keep it pretty clean. <laughs> um, but also trying to, um, I don't know, maybe dig a little bit, a little bit deeper on certain things and trying to, uh, share cool stuff that we're excited about with one another. Uh, right before this episode started, we were getting a little bit philosophical and we were already starting to kind of go deep on some of the stuff that we want to talk about today Yeah, because today is like a bookend episode to another topic that we talked about, I guess in the fall, was it in the fall or... Yeah, late fall. I can't even remember what number now. Maybe it's like 12 or 13. It was a few episodes ago. Yeah, so we we had an episode about the fall or the journey to the dark side. And this episode is about the the way back. And what's this one called again? So this one we are going to call, there's still good in him. Mm. We're not as punny as we like to be. It's really difficult to be punny. When you're talking about redemption, yeah, like I, I told you my one one thought beforehand, and you well, were just like, no, <laughs> I, I did veto it, but we can still share it. Oh, I'll happily share it. It was uh, redeem me up, Scotty. <laughs> I think it's stupid, but it works. <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're the master of sound effects. I forget. So that's the other thing for new listeners. Jan is the master of sound effects. Uh, that is the one you get for today. <laughs> that's all I got. I got that, and I got some uh, some pretty low budget laser sounds. But... In, in our in our Braxium chat, I usually have some pretty bad uh, puns or jokes I love it, every dude. time, and, and people just go <laughs> and give me the pity laugh. No, I love it. Keep it coming. Um, How are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, let's see. So where are we kind of in history? Oh, really cool news. Yesterday, my wife got the COVID vaccine. Woohoo! Um, so she got her first dose. She's she's getting one of the ones where you need two doses. Um, so hopefully, you know, regular folks like us aren't too far behind. So she works with the public. And, and so, you know, it makes sense for her to get it. Yep. I'm one of those people who's completely shut in and isolated yep. uh, these days. So I don't really have any exposure risk. And so I'm not high up on the list to get one. But it's cool. Like, I feel like people I know are starting to get it, which makes me think, like, I don't know, maybe I'll go to a baseball game this year or a concert or see a movie in a theater. Like maybe that's going to be a possibility. Maybe. Maybe I'll be able to do all those fun things again. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm I'm very far down that list. Well, I mean, we as some of our listeners might might know, we work at the same company. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're far down on that list, so am I. Yep. But uh, that is very exciting. We are, um, you know, we're in the process of trying to find a house, which is always difficult. So uh, if anyone else is looking out there, 
I feel your pain too. Just know that. <laughs> but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. I'm just ready to talk some Star Wars and yeah, keep buddy. it keep it pretty loose today. So yeah. One other thing for our listeners that I I think you uh, as you were trying to cover, if you're new to Star Wars, if you're just discovering it, or you want to you know keep it casual too and not feel the high pressure that comes when you look at this this whole franchise. As I started to think about it, yeah, it's over 40 years old now. And has a lot of history to it. A lot of fans that have been with it for a long time. And if it was a horse, they would shoot it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Now you have to explain. I saw. Your I don't know. I saw somebody write that in a birthday card once. <laughs> if you're a horse, they would shoot you. <laughs> Why? That's the meanest thing to say to someone. It's terrible. Sorry uh. to get us off track. What was I saying now? We were talking about new Star Wars fans, and it's a little bit intimidating coming in because you got decades of stuff to catch up on. And I think the nicest thing that they did was like, there's this whole extended universe, and they said less than 10 years ago, you know what, let's kind of put some of that to the side and start over. And even since then, it's exploded so much. There's so many stories you can barely barely keep up. So it's intimidating. We're here to make it less intimidating and hopefully make you feel like you're along for the ride. So if there's anything you want to ask us about, email we are by far you know still students of star wars and still kind of coming up the learning curve with you but we've also loved it since our childhood too so we can you know dig into a really deep history with it i think just as much as uh, some other star wars fans but without the intimidation factor yeah totally you're welcome and we're very humble about it so um that there's you know no stupid questions or anything like that like feel free to uh you can follow us on twitter at star bros podcast or you can send us an email, the Star Bros Podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook. Like, we're happy to engage in kind of like a beginner's conversation of like, if you just saw your first movie and you got excited and you found our podcast, reach out. We're happy, we're happy to, yeah, we're happy to help kind of bring you along a little bit. And let us know how you found it, because I'd be really interested if that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I would too. So let's get into our first segment of every show, which is news from across the galaxy. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. I like some of your pew, pew, pew ones. Pew, pew. There you go. <laughs> we don't have, all right, as we've been saying for like the last four episodes, still not that much news right now. There's little things that come out every so often. You know, the High Republic is the big news right now. Yes. So obviously that's going to dominate right now. And we have two new comics this week that came out from the High Republic series that, like you mentioned, we had the chance to review on the Broaxium channel. Go and check that out. The one that I did was the IDW Daniel Jose Older uh, issue two, uh, and it's fantastic. Like I really love the first one. It introduces you to a couple of new characters, Lula, Zine. This one kind of puts them off to the side, especially Lula, I feel, in the Padawans, and focuses a little bit more on Yoda. He's given a lot more attention, and it focuses on Crix, who was a fr- fan of, let me make sure I get this right, of Zine, and feels betrayed by something that happens in the first issue. You should go back and check it out and is dealing with that. It's grappling hmm. with that. So uh, it, it kind of focuses on a few different characters. And I think next one is going to focus again back on like Lula and, and Zine specifically, but it's off to a great start and I'm really liking it. What about your comic? Who, who's the little back guy? Is that, is it, what's his name? Cham Cham. Cham Cham. Yeah. He's uh, a little crew. Is what he's, <laughs> he's, he's basically a pig bat. Yeah. I'm really good at coming up with <laughs> yes, you are. With these go back to one of our. Uh, I'm a fan of Cham Cham. I am too. He's pretty cool. He gets a little hungry in this one. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you were, uh, I think, alluding to that in your quick shot. Yes, I was. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I've really been enjoying mine too. So as a quick reminder, if you're new to um, the High Republic, the High Republic is an era uh, before, well before the original years. trilogy movies. Yeah, 200 years before the first episode. Yep. Episode one. Yeah. Which uh, the High Republic, I think, is considered the golden age of the Jedi. So this is like the peak of their influence and their prestige and things like that. Um, so Yoda is only about six or seven hundred, probably seven hundred years old. Yeah. So right. he's in his prime. Strapping or... young lad. <laughs> exactly. But at, on, on my end, uh, I, I did the Marvel issue number three of the High Republic, which I think the name was um, There Is No Fear chapter three down below it took me a second but the twist i think in this one is it's gotten a little bit darker and i think in in both of our 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 story arcs we're kind of um confronting the dark side for the first time yes which in the beginning like we're the first couple issues we're still kind of getting to know the characters and um the conflict is sort of brewing a little bit but really we're just sort of orienting our space to ourselves to this new space in this new time yep and now it's starting to get a little bit like okay things are getting dicey it's a little bit scary out there uh and there was moments in my comic that were downright creepy and and really spoopy a little bit spoopy whoa yes <laughs> we've called back the three episodes now you just need to go watch our past episodes or listen to them sorry um, but the i think the character development is really cool so i'll, I'll just i'll spotlight one thing but there are twins uh carrot Ter- yep and Tarek. yep i don't think they're in anything else i think they're new to the high republic I can't confirm that, but I think you, you're probably right. I, I personally feel like I haven't come across them before, but again, there's a big, vast universe out there that we haven't even really um, gotten into yet. But the cool thing about them is they share a mind. Mm, yeah. Separate twins share a mind. So one of them gets kidnapped by, I, w- I won't give it away, but then the other one is safe, but experiences everything. Mm. And it, yeah, it makes your skin crawl. It's crazy. How would it feel if they were both going through something traumatic together? I, I, I guess they do, no matter what. I guess both of they them... They do, but what does it compound the drama? Oh, no, that's terrible. I hope not. Would it be like feeling that dramatic experience twice? Like, I, Maybe. I don't want that. But it's cool. I mean, but they're Jedi Knights. So yeah. both they're they're both Jedi with one mind, two separate bodies. Um, so that's the kind of super cool stuff that Kevin Scott is coming up with in his High Republic series. So yeah, that's fascinating. Go to YouTube, check out the Braxium channel. Ben and I do episode 101 of Quick Shots of Braxium, and it is awesome, awesome, awesome. Check it out. Other news this week. We have finally received when the Bad Batch, the animated series that's coming to Disney Plus that was announced late last year or so, it will be coming on da, 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 of course may the 4th oh nice that is star wars day it is so it's just natural that they have to do something yeah and they decided that would be a good time to premiere this new animated series that's going to be produced by none other than dave filoni dude that's only a couple of months away it is it's not that far wow and there's which, probably going to be other stuff that 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 uh premieres that day or like there's going to be other news that breaks that day there will there's always something special about star wars besides just this and so they're going to start by releasing the first episode of this new season series so the the bad batch were introduced in season seven of the clone wars uh and what they are are genetically altered clones so they they're not the exact same as the clones that we typically see in the Clone Wars. 
they all come with a special skill or a special set of skills that makes them unique and they and they have you know different faces or you know whatever there's something unique about even the way they look but they're very as a team they're very skillful and this is supposed to be the after following the aftermath of the clone wars in order 66 they're trying to live in a new world hmm. where um you know it's not the republic anymore it's the empire is starting so it should be really interesting Tarkin, i think is supposed to be in it oh. and we got announcement uh, a part of this announcement that it's coming may the 4th is that fennec shand who is in the mandalorian will also be an animated character in it and it will be voiced by ming-na wen who she's awesome very acts cool. fennec shand in the mandalorian as well so and then eventually the book of boba the fett book which will of come boba back fett this december yeah so that's exciting, I think. It's oh, yeah. going to tie to things that we know, people that we know, that we've just be recently been introduced to, and some that are, you know, been in Star Wars for a long time, like Tarkin. Yeah. Terrific. So looking forward to that. Uh, other than that, news is pretty quiet. That's okay. That's all right. We'll, we'll move on to um, the main segment of the show, which we call More to the Story. More to the Story. And this time we are going to be talking about the redemptive arc, mm-hmm. which is very prevalent in the Star Wars universe ever since its genesis, ever since Empire Strikes Back, basically, when we learn that the true identity of Darth Vader is Anakin and the father of Luke. You can kind of see there that they're planting the seeds for this redemptive arc. Yeah. So it's really important to Star Wars, but I think it's a big part of storytelling in general. Yeah, it's a part of the journey's experience, uh, the hero's journey, in some ways. In this case, Anakin's, and in a lot of ways, I think as I was preparing for this episode, redemption is something that's very, very important to humans. Generally, like we love it, we love stories of redemption. However, we have a very difficult time accepting it. It in real life, we love to hear stories about it. We love to see it on the screen, and then we love to debate it. But we're actually, it's very difficult to actually see redemption happen in real life. Yeah. It happens. Some people accept it, and then some others don't. True. So we're going to kind of dig into the philosophical side of things yeah. first, and more the, like, the human side, and then relate it back to what we see in Star Wars. You, you know what's funny? I was on the Force.net today, which has been around for a long time. And it's funny because forums, like the internet forums that some people have been going to have just been around forever at this point. And I was looking at a thread from 2004. Okay. (laughs) And the question was, did Darth Vader do enough to truly be redeemed given all of the atrocities that he committed? Dude, you stole one of my questions for you. Really? Yeah, that's awesome though. Well... What was funny was it's completely unresolved because it was like 50-50. There are some people who said, yes, absolutely. And I and I believe, and I think this is an important point, I think George Lucas has said that Anakin is redeemed. Yes. And Well, how else would he become a force ghost? Yes, that's a good point. And, and George Lucas said that it's Luke who guides the redemption. Absolutely. And George Lucas had this whole thing about how um, it's children that ultimately redeem the parents. And mm. there there wasn't much about that in, in this thread that I read from 17 years ago, but it did seem pretty split between the people who accepted that he was redeemed and people who didn't. I'd say it's probably still very split now. And probably. if anything, maybe this is just my cynical view of the world right now. I would wonder if most people would say he isn't redeemed because I think 
I'll, I'll start with where I was thinking first, which is Christianity and redemption. Mm-hmm. Redemption is very big in Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's a very important concept. And there's two different versions of, of redemption in Christianity. There's first the redemption that comes from Jesus Christ, who, you know, the, the, with, with the beliefs is the fall of Adam is what necessitated a redemption. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus accomplished. Uh, it's the idea that, you know, the first sin or the first mistake that was ever made by humankind caused us to not be in the uh, presence of God, the, the Garden of Eden, you know, anymore. And we need to someone to bring us back from that. And that's mm-hmm. the role that, that Jesus played. So that's one version of redemption. And then there's the idea of personal redemption, which is about, you know, having faith and repentance and things like that, uh, making sure that we can each individually merit the the redemption that um that we can get through christ so that's christianity it's very i think a lot of christians that i know that i speak to that love star wars love it because of that storytelling and the idea that hey look at darth vader he can do all these terrible things but if he he ended up in the right place so if all that matters in the end is that you end in the right place does everything you do before that matter well, yes, it does, but at the same time, it doesn't matter if you repent now or if you repented 10 years ago, you should still deserve it, right? So as long as you end up there. And so I think uh, that's where a lot of, I think, Christians would say, yeah, he's been redeemed because he end- that's where he ended up and he ended in the right place. And a lot of people said, yeah, but how do you justify everything he did leading up to that point? I actually looked at he he was Darth Vader for twenty three years of his life and Anakin for twenty two years of his life. I you know I never did the math. <laughs> it's it's like split down the middle. So if you were to take a scale, you'd kind of say it all evens out in the end, right? I mean, he's just some bad stuff, mm-hmm. right? Not just as a not just as Darth Vader as Anakin too. Yep. So does all of that just balance out over time? Or it's a very difficult thing for our minds to comprehend. Yes. So anyway, that that's one avenue of redemption, but I think that's why a lot of Christians do do gravitate towards the stories of of Star Wars because they see those storylines being told. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Yeah. So I I took a I I came at this from more of a, a psychological lens, and that's not something that I studied in school, but something I've become more interested in, in recently. And and you said something in the very beginning that I read in. Uh, a write-up about redemption written by a psychologist. And and he said uh, that first and foremost, we have a need as human beings to set things right. And that's not something you see elsewhere in the world, in the living world. There are not animals who are fretting over making something right, especially internally about themselves. Yeah, And that's the ultimate in terms of setting things right. Uh, you can set things right with uh, a lot of different things in your life, uh, but uh, the, the biggest one is to work on oneself and get oneself to a better place. But the other thing that he pointed out that I thought was really interesting was that we are completely reliant on external factors, especially other people, especially the social relationships we have, to help us set ourselves right. And you get a lot of social feedback about like, well, if you look at a kid, like when you got to, to dinner with your kids, you're probably giving them a lot of feedback along the way. We back, never go back, out to dinner with our kids. <laughs> back, back when you could go out to dinner. But even back when we could, we rarely did. But yeah, I know what you mean. 
like you know put that down don't touch that don't do that you oh know get your finger out of your that's nose. why we did it whatever <laughs> get out from under the table but all that stuff kind of helps you you know become a functioning member of society right and as your life goes on there's different versions of that that help you sort of get to the right place with things and you know i i, I read that and then i thought about the bit about george lucas saying that you know it's really luke who is a redemptive force in Anakin slash Darth Vader's life. Yep. And all that sort of lined up for me. Like the, the other thing that, that really kind of struck me that I was reflecting uh, when I was reflecting upon redemption and redemption in Star Wars is the first step in redemption, I think is like a a step towards humility. You have to think to yourself, what I've been, what I've been doing is wrong. So, so Darth Vader has a moment where there's like doubt that, you know, just sort of breaks through and he goes, all right, I gotta, I gotta pick up palps and throw them down this ventilator shaft. (laughs) Just what I got to do now. Um, everything else I've done in the years leading up to this has been a horrible crime against all of the galaxy and I must make it right. (laughs) And that's a humbling thing because he doesn't get to be Darth Vader anymore. He has to go back to, to being Annie. Yeah. And that, that, that's, uh, I think that, that transformation begins with humility for, for people in star Wars, but for people in real life too. So it it begs a question that I obviously don't get too personal on a podcast, but have you ever gone through that personally where you've kind of had to change your ways? You've gone to a place of humility and, and have sought redemption in a way to come back or at least go to where you, a path that you and society or whoever deemed as good. Yeah. I mean, I can say I have. I, I have too. I, I the first example that comes to my mind is when I went to community college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and people really rag on community college and make fun of it, and and you know talk down about it. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I I, I want to go to school, and I'm not sure what to do. And this that's a very humbling experience to go to community college when people call it thirteenth grade and whatever. Um, and by the end of it, I loved it. And I, I wore a t-shirt of my community college, like all the time. I actually wore one yesterday and I remember being on campus and seeing a girl that I knew and she came over to me and she's like, why are you wearing that t-shirt? And I was like, because I go here and it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to like completely, I mean, it's not pretentious, it's not prestigious. And I had to let go of all that stuff. And when I did, um, when I humbled myself in front of that and I was like, I, I think, you know, I'm just going to do my best to get something out of this. It became a great experience and I, and I was better for it. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that's not a traditional redemption arc, but I think at that point in my life, you know, it, it sort of played out as a redemption arc in the, in a small way. We had a community college near my place. I've never heard 13th grade before, but we had one called, uh, you know, I grew up in Michigan, Oakland County. Um, we had a community college named Oakland community college, OCC. Mm-hmm. But as high schoolers, we called it only chance college. <laughs> See? <laughs> so it has that connotation. You're right. Yeah, it does. And but... it's you eventually have to go, wait, that is not okay that we do that or say that. Yeah, but you know what? There, there's a lot of people that you'll run into on the average community college campus who maybe plan A didn't work. Mm-hmm. And or, um, you know, I went to, I went to school with a, a woman who was probably like 25 years older than me. And she had raised a family. Her husband passed away. Her kids were sort of off doing their things. And she decided that she wanted to go to school. She only had a high school education. Great. And now she is a surgeon in Seattle. Wow. 
That's awesome. She just ran with it. So different, different type of redemptive arc, um, sort of redemption of identity where yeah. she sort of said, you know, I've always been this, but I think it could be that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to share my example on the air. It's just not one of those that you do. Okay. <laughs> but I will say this and going through it, it actually, so becoming redeemed wasn't the hard, it was a hard part, but what actually was harder was accepting my redemption. Oh, so I, it just took me a really long time to accept and for, almost forgive myself of what of those mistakes that I had made, and it's to, to the point where I like I almost felt like I had to tell people I made this mistake just so you know, even though I didn't have to. Hmm. And so it's I find that really interesting, like going through it, like where where people supportive enough was that? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think people really realize just how difficult this is to do. Hmm. And so maybe we can relate it to Vader now. Sure. And, and Anakin. Um, Why did he go to community college? I didn't he know that. did. Cool. Yes. Nice. <laughs> the empire community college. 13th grade. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need to go through school. Are you kidding? He went to the Jedi Academy. Yeah. That's, that's the best school in, in the galaxy. Is it? Maybe. I think so. It's probably, it's, it's up there. I'd go to that school. Me too. So in the uh, Star Wars book that we reviewed last week, Mm-hmm. which is a great book, great reference. I pulled it out for this one. We we laughed in that one. We said we didn't even touch the Skywalker section in our, our review. And then this time I read two entries from the Skywalker nice. saga just to prepare for this episode. But I got to read to you what is in there about Vader specifically and this later part of his redemption. So I'm, I'm basically just going to re- read verbatim. So um, at the end of it, it says, Vader slowly grows to despise Palpatine. And, and I want you to try to think what, like listen to this series of events. Okay. Because that's important. Mm-hmm. So Vader slowly grows to despise Palpatine and his manipulative ways, so he starts plotting to destroy him. When Vader discovers that his child, Luke Skywalker, is alive, he attempts to recruit him to the dark side on Bespin. However, the attempt fails, and Luke barely escapes with his life. So the plotting against Palpatine happened way before he knew that Luke was his son. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that either. So it happened before episode four, where this like disenchantment started. So that's, that's an interesting thing to take back. But then this gets the rest of it gets to what you started talking about, which is Luke's internal strength and Jedi dedication leave an impression on Vader, gradually eroding his Sith convictions and self-loathing. A year later, during a tense confrontation on the second Death Star of the Emperor, sends Sith lightning coursing through Luke's body, Vader now decides to act, picking Sidious up and throwing him down an elevator shaft to his supposed death, redeemed through his actions. Wow. So that specifically stood out to me. Like, it, it was... Vader's actions that redeemed him. It's what he chose to do that showed that he was giving up this way of life that he's led up up until this point. So I think that's very key. Yeah. You can't just say, I'm redeemed. You have to prove it. Yes. You have to show through your actions that you're truly redeemed. And Vader does through this one act of destroying Palpatine yep. and saving his son. So, uh, it finishes up here and says uh, he becomes so redeemed through his actions. He becomes Anakin Skywalker again and, and passes into the Force, reunited with Yoda and Obi Wan as Force spirits. Anakin is a hero once more. So that redemption doesn't happen till the very end. He dies soon thereafter, and because of that one action, he's able to come back as a Force ghost. Yeah. All the way up until that point, he wouldn't have. So to me, that shows redemption can happen even on a dime like that. Yes. But 
Vader's was gradual. It wasn't just one fell swoop, bam, I'm back. It was starting before even episode four happened when he started being disenchanted with Palpatine. And, and it wasn't until Luke, and like you said, his compassion mm-hmm. helped erode these self-loathing, these, these difficult qualities that he's been you know, possessing ever since Padme died. You know, the, he's disappointed with who he is and he lets his rage out all the time on others. And they're, they're unfortunately when they meet him, uh, recipients of that rage. Yep. And once he lets those go because of Luke's compassion, he comes back. So that shows actions are important and the compassion and love of others are very important to redemption. Excellent stuff. I I never thought about what was sort of happening in Darth Vader's mind leading up to that stuff. I guess, you know, he must have had his doubts, but I didn't think it went back that far. But you know what's interesting, dude, is most of my life since, you know, I just feel like I've just always known Star Wars movies and I just grew up watching them as far back as I can remember. Most of my life, I've I've, I've kind of associated redemption with personal sacrifice, too, because Darth Vader is redeemed and then Anakin dies moments later. Yeah. And I've always kind of linked those with, you have to let something go to be redeemed. Like you have to, you have to put down some burden or in some cases, you know, give up the former version of yourself. And in, in Anakin's case, he can't live uh, without the life support system that is Darth Vader sort of around him. Yep. So when he sheds Darth Vader, you know, he, he sacrifices his own life to, you know, look at Luke with his own eyes. Yep. Well, I also think personally, because people have debated like, wait, why did he die just soon thereafter? Why all of a sudden my debate is all the lightning that was coursing through him must have disrupted all the systems that were keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of the issue. like, because like as soon as that happens, like the defibrillator or whatever. I, I thought his suit was destroyed by, yeah. by that. Yeah, I think so. So he really did sacrifice himself. That or when. Um, There's Chewbacca. There he is. <laughs> That or there's just something so annoying about Luke that Yoda rolls over and dies because he can't stand listening <laughs> to him for another minute. And Anakin's just like, ugh, I got to go. <laughs> Yoda warned me about you. <laughs> I just felt it right this moment. And then all the Force ghosts get together and go, this dude is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I don't think he's annoying. But <laughs> I don't think he's annoying hilarious. at all. But um, I, always, I always like that meme of uh, it's something like... Uh, uh, you you would know since you're a parent. It, it was something like, uh, now that I'm a parent, I understand how after eight thousand questions, Yoda just rolled over and died. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, I deal with that sometimes. Um, one other thing on Vader's redemption that I think is important, and this is where the genius of George Lucas comes in. Something that I've I've always kind of noticed, but now finally can articulate why I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. His fall to the dark side. A lot of people would say, really. He turned on a dime just like that. He's like, I'm, okay, fine. I'm, I'm on the dark side. And I don't think it's really that simple. And George Lucas does a good time, a good way of showing that. First of all, him cutting off uh, Mace Windu's arm isn't genuine. It's desperation. Yeah. And it's out of this issue that he has of not being able to let go that causes him to act out of desperation. And then he immediately regrets it. He says, what have I done? Yeah, he's messed up about it. He's really shaken up. He really is. And he doesn't 
like that he just did it, but he's he's caught in Palpatine's web. Mm-hmm. He's not turned yet, but then he goes and does some pretty evil stuff. We already always knew that he was capable of doing those evil things. But the real gut punch and kicker was when he loses his limbs and he loses Padme. And now he is left with regret, self-loathing, doubt, pain, anguish, all these negative emotions that fuel his rage on the on the side of the dark side. And he doesn't have a lot of options anymore. He's out of options. Palpatine has caught him. He's manipulated him. He's ruined his life. And he has no other options anymore but to, to kind of acquiesce mm-hmm. to the situation he's in. So I always felt like, yeah, his fall to the dark side wasn't genuine because it wasn't. He never truly fell. He just gave up he had all these difficult things hit him and there was it weighing him down forever and all the regret kept him there yeah and that's why luke was so important yeah because it helped him to break those things yeah and actually realize like okay he can become anakin again yeah so really important element to his redemptive redemptive arc very cool can i bring up a couple of examples of what i think are less obvious redemptive arcs yeah in in star wars so the the big ones, I guess, from the original trilogy, definitely uh, Darth Vader is like the redemptive arc. And I think that that's the one that a lot of people, when they think about redemption in Star Wars, that that's where people's minds typically go to. Yep. And I, I think it's fascinating because I don't feel like I hear redemption being talked a lot about, being talked about a lot in Star Wars. But if when I started Googling it, preparing for the show... There's a lot of people who say, like, no, that's the story of Star Wars. The story of Star Wars is a redemptive story. Um, Yes. I I would say it is if you just look at the first six movies. Yeah. It's about the redemption of Anakin. Yeah, totally. So I I think, you know, that's not always, like, sort of front and center in my mind, but it definitely is for a lot of people. Later on, we have Kylo Ren, who goes through his own redemptive arc, and I think we'll talk about that. But there's other ones that are kind of happening at different points so you know the arc has a point of origin it has a peak and then it kind of comes back down but we meet different characters at different points along that so finn for example has a redemptive arc yeah he's a baddie as they say and then he becomes a good guy and we meet him right at that crisis point where he realizes no i don't want to be a bad guy which let's clarify he is labeled as a bad guy because he's wearing stormtrooper garb. True. So we perceive him as one. Yes. But in the deep down, he's just a guy. He's just a dude and he's a fundamentally a good dude. Yes. And he can't shoot innocent people. Right. But he is, you know, trapped in the armor. He lives the life of a stormtrooper. Um he dedic and and not it doesn't sound like he has any freedom to do anything else until he decides to sort of take fate into his own hands. But that moment when he becomes uh, Finn rather than FN, whatever, I can't remember his call numbers. 2187. 2187? Mm-hmm. That moment when he becomes Finn, that's like a, a really cool transformational moment where he is sort of redeemed as a person separate from the First Order, which... And why is that? Because Poe gave him a name. Yes, because of that interaction had a personal connection with him he's yep. finally made he's seen the compassion of another person yep. enough to say you are not a number to me i'm gonna give you a name yes. that matters and he's like i like that yeah I, he feels that and now he's redeemed yeah next one dio 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Dio is a droid that works for Ochi, who is not a good dude. No. Ochi of Bastoon, who ran through Ray's parents with his creepy dagger, and who was a Jedi hunter, and who loved and worked for the Sith, and kept this droid in his employee who was probably up to some bad stuff not because he wanted to or whatever but that's what droids do um and then is turned into a good guy yeah and now is remembered as a little good guy yep um one of my favorite ones from recent history and also you know the name of the episode lines up is the ig unit in the mandalorian yes is a bad dude heartless dude just out to do a job and he's gonna he's, he, he held the blaster up to grogu at one point to be fair that was in his programming that was in his programming he was built to be bad yep but through bad his, to the bone through his interaction bones. through his um social interaction is and the compassion from quill you're cracking yourself up I'm making my own laugh. <laughs> this is how bad my jokes are nobody laughs at them except for myself well i'm getting a kick i think i'm it. clever <laughs> um but yeah, so Quill's compassion for IG, so Quill can look at yeah. IG and see something different. Yeah. He can look at him and say, that's not just a killing machine. Yep. Um, capable of so much more and capable of a, a positive kind of service to life across the galaxy. And so Quill reshapes him with his compassion to be a more compassionate being. And ultimately, IG's redeemed. IG becomes a statue in the middle of town. Yeah. But he really does save the day and he sacrifices himself. So yes. that to me is also like, I think back to Darth Vader becoming Anakin and then, you know, expiring, sadly. Same yeah. thing sort of happens with IG where he becomes the nurse droid and then he he passes away, unfortunately. Love that. If, Very if a machine good can point. Pass away. Funny because I came up with my own other list and you said none of them. Really? Okay. Who you got? So that's amazing that you you did the same exercise I did. But then went and found others that I didn't find. All right. Who do you got? So I got uh, Asash Ventress is the okay. first one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who's in Clone Wars. Um, we're in, when we first meet her in Clone Wars, which is the very first episode, she is the Padawan to, I guess Padawan, the apprentice. That's the word I'm looking for, to Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. And she's got a very tragic history. Like she's she's been kidnapped and then eventually she goes with the Jedi when uh, the person who becomes her master um, finds her, then she loses her master and goes with Dooku. And then Dooku betrays her. So then she goes back to her family, the Night Sisters on Dathomir, who then get wiped out by <laughs> Dooku. And now she's all alone. She's got a dark history and is on the light side, the dark side, but it's, it's just full of turmoil. And when she's finally alone, she's finally able to make decisions for herself. And you see these flares of the light side. She joins with Obi-Wan at one point. It's one of my favorite episodes is when like she's with one of her nemesis fighting back to back. It's pretty cool. And then she also helps Ahsoka out at one point. And then eventually, once the Clone Wars are done, um, she has this whole uh, relationship with Quinlan Vos, uh, another Jedi. And while she's still got these dark tendencies, it's actually the their relationship and the the love they have for each other that helps bring her back. Mm. And she's redeemed because at the very end, she sacrifices herself to save Quinlan. Mm. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's, it's she, again, she redeems herself, but it's the tragedy of her past that really fuels her dark side. Once she's able to come to terms with some of that and, and have a positive interaction with another human, 
she's able to more to accentuate the light side of her and uh, and come back and redeem herself. So again, showing the importance of the compassion of someone else and then following it up with action. Mm. Massage does that. Uh, the other one I thought of was actually in Rebels. So we have Agent Callus, Alexander Callus, who is an agent of the um, Imperial Security Bureau, the ISB, and is on the Thal. He's hunting the rebels. He, he's very ruthless, appears very ruthless in all these episodes. And then one day he gets stuck on the planet with Zeb, one of the rebels, and th- you know they they haven't killed each other. They're kind of relying on each other for survival, but they're still having this feud. And it's the compassion of Zeb to save Agent Callus that eventually that gets him to go, oh, wow, I'm thinking of you rebels as the, as bad, evil, and look what you just did. And then he pays them back by becoming Fulcrum that, and and helping them to uh, provide them secrets of the Empire from his position. And then he eventually gets caught and the rebels come in to, rede- to take him out and he's redeemed. So again, the compassion of someone redeemed by his actions. You just, this pattern that we keep seeing in yes. Star Wars, right? Yeah, I love it. And I got one more for you. One more? Okay. Palpatine. Ah, <laughs> you're going to have to talk me through that one. So you, everyone saw the holiday special, right? Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that at the very end. So in the holiday special, he gets his mug from Vader, does a nice compassionate thing from him again, see? And then he's falling to his death. He sees the mug and it says, best emperor. And he's like, boxing. He's like, wait a minute. This was very thoughtful. I've been bad my whole life. I can change. And then boom, he explodes. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much, but he's redeemed. Yeah, that's a good point. By the very end. I feel like the holiday special really clears up a lot of things. I feel like <laughs> Finn is officially a Padawan. Yep. Palpatine is redeemed. Um, sort of sets the world right. But yeah, um, all, all through like that same pattern that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I think it's cool, but oh. I'm a nerd. But <laughs> I, I think uh, I think we can all wear that badge proudly. So, but yeah. So I, I think that there's probably a million other examples if we really oh, careful. Chewbacca's oh, gonna get off across the. the look, wait, what there. are you doing, Chewbacca? We're okay. good. Good. I was saying I think there's probably a million other examples if uh, if we thought about all the video games and the comic books that we have yet to read and expanded oh universe and all that stuff. Did something, did something just occur to you? Yes. You just said it. What's that? Battlefront. Ah. Item Versio. Yes. Right? Good call. That's a redemptive arc right yes. there. Dude. Thank you. Keep yeah, going. So, so these are just nested everywhere in, in the Star Wars universe. And all sort of following that that kind of similar pattern, which I think is like a deeply human thing. That's probably one of these things that when people from Japan or like Australia or wherever else people love Star Wars, uh, you know, there, there may be different things that are uh, slightly more difficult to interpret, like their crazy haircuts or whatever. Um, but then there are things that are like deeply human that it doesn't matter what culture you're from or what language you speak, there's something that kind of hits home for you. And I think some of the redemptive stuff that we see in Star Wars is universal. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're from or where you grew up. And as we've proven, they have rinsed and repeated that storyline a lot. And and it's you mostly see it with people who are on the side of the Empire, become disenchanted with it, and fall to the Rebellion. There are a ton in the Rebellion that came from very dark backgrounds, realized that yeah. those were the, the empire's bad, evil, going the wrong direction, and thought 
instead of just going, oh, well, I can't change anything. I guess I just got to suck it up and live this life. He said, no, I'm going to go over and join the rebellion instead. Huge sacrifice. Yeah. You're outnumbered. That's a great point. You're being hunted. You're considered scum. You're basically, basically in order to kill on sight, if you see one, it's difficult to be a rebel. Yeah. But you're willing to give that up? All yeah. that 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 good life. And they talk about that sometimes in, in Rebels, about you had a, a position of station. I think to Callus they said this, like a position of station within the Empire. You gave all that up to jo- join the Rebellion? Yeah. What are you thinking? But they're wor- it's, it's worth all of that sacrifice to them. They're trying to set themselves straight. They're trying to get themselves in order. Yes. And they're trying to improve themselves. Yeah. And I think you... um. You brought up something that, that triggered the Last Jedi version of Luke for me. Oh, yeah. That's one I didn't mention yet. Which is a different kind of redemption because it mm-hmm. doesn't fully go in one direction and then do a 180 and come back and be... He doesn't go evil. Yeah. No. But he becomes a lesser version of himself. Yeah. He becomes somebody who day in, day out is not who he's capable of being. Yeah. And it's contrasted by the fact that he's become a mythological hero across the universe. Yeah. And people debate whether or not a lot of that stuff happened. When we get to the sequel trilogy, you know, there's that that classic, now classic line where uh, Han Solo says, it's true, all of it. Yeah. And that's because a lot of people doubt it. A lot of people can't believe that Luke Skywalker was Luke Skywalker was a real person and that the Battle of Endor happened and whatever, um, in all the ways that they talked about it. And so he's elevated to uh, this mythological figure. But meanwhile, day in and day out, you know, he's just living on this rainy little island by himself and he's not doing anything good for the universe. Yeah. Well, he thinks he might be doing something good by removing himself from it, but he's not having any real positive impact. Yeah. And then he turns himself around. Yeah. And, and he becomes. Why? Because of Ray. Yes. Because Ray comes to him and compassionately triggers something in him that makes him realize, well, I have to, I have to give more of myself and be more. Yep. Which is why one of the million reasons that I love The Last Jedi. It's so many reasons, and that is one. You're right. And to me, uh, I thought about this. Don't well. at me. Huh? I said, don't at me, as people say on the Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my controversial opinion. Don't at me. Don't worry. Someone will. Someone will disagree with half the things we just said today. But, for example, you know, none, for of the people example. We, none of the people that we said are worthy of redemption are. Um some people don't don't believe that. But one of the things I do love about Luke in The Last Jedi is the, the difficulty that he had is that he made a huge mistake in one moment. One moment he decided, I'm going to raise my lightsaber against my Padawan uh, nephew and destroy him. Bad decision. Bad call. Ramifications for the rest of your life. Regret. But- but didn't even get all the way there. No. Like, didn't do it. It's momentary. He talks about it. It was like this momentary thought. He succumbed to it, and then he immediately regretted it, and there were immediately consequences. Mm-hmm. He says it in more eloquent terms than that. But the rest of his life after that is dealing with the regret that comes from that. Not just regret to Ben, but to Leia and Han. He feels like he's betrayed three of the most important people in his life yeah and is dealing with that and so when he's got when he's appeared now at the end of the movie to kylo ren he says 
a few lines which are very important which he says i have failed you ben and then he chokes up a bit he's like i'm sorry those are the words that he's been trying to say for so long humility he's reached humility now and he's finally gotten those words out that he's wanted to say since that event happened knowing that Kylo Ren's going to reject it yeah but he gets it out yeah how important that that line is to and his redemption he plants the seed in Kylo yeah yeah that's he true. compassionately reaches out to him and and a seed is planted and um one of a few that that grows into something in him that leads to his redemption so let's get to Kylo now well, real quick before right, okay. before just one thing to wrap up on Luke is that he also follows the pattern where he sacrifices himself in his course of redemption. He does. And becomes a force ghost. Now, we are not saying that Luke went to the dark side. It's not what we're saying. No. He made a mistake like all these other ones did, like Anakin did. Anakin's path just led him to the dark side. Luke's instead led him to exile himself to a place of regret. He didn't go to the dark side, but he he left the force and he had to come back from that. And he did. He sacrificed himself for it. It makes it a much more beautiful ending. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Kylo Ren next. Sure. Is that all right? Yeah. Cause we've teased it a lot. Cause that's the other big redemptive arc in star Wars. Cause everyone, as we were going through this series was like, is, is Kylo Ren going to get redeemed? Yes. A lot of people didn't think he would at first, because how do you come back from killing your father? difficult thing to come back from right <laughs> and 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 then i think a lot of fans maybe didn't want him to get redeemed because he killed han solo and they were yeah. just mad at him they were salty yes, they were and even at the end of last jedi they still felt like you wanted to kill your uncle yeah luke so maybe you're still not worthy of redemption right even if you killed snoke you did it for personal intentions yes for selfish intentions right and even at the beginning of episode nine he is still evil and he's a very evil place very different from return of the jedi where Vader, you can tell, is already turning. Throughout the whole movie, it's like he's not in a right state of mind. Yeah, he's Kylo's struggling. kind of doubling down. He's doubled down, yes. Um, and, and you could argue that he really doubled down when he kills Han Solo, but even at the beginning of the last episode, he is in a place where you could still see him going and staying on the dark side. But I think he too through so one of the things about Ray that's really interesting in the sequel trilogy is the positive effect that she has broadly on a whole bunch of different characters. So we talked about Luke and how she sort of brings Luke out of exile to help kind of save the day. But even like when we first meet her, she is compassionately intervening on BB-8's behalf. And he's just a droid. I mean, he's caught in a net and you know he's about to be sold for scrap and she jumps in and saves him. She could sell him for a ton of food. She could get 50 portions or something. 60, man. 60 portions. 60 portions. Who's 60 ever even portions. seen 60 portions? <laughs> Did I say that all right? Do it again. 60 portions. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah, I thought it sounded like it. Yeah, that's to her, that's really important, right? <laughs> She's yeah. starving. The survival. Yes. She's a scavenger, and she just had the opportunity to to turn over this little droid for a whole bunch of food. Yeah, the she day turns before that, she just got one half portion. <laughs> so that's awesome. What is it? What do you mean? What, what A portion of what? It's like some instant bread. bread. Insta bread. It's like the... Insta muffin. Um, like the thing that you make in your mug in the microwave. It's so cool. I remember thinking that was the coolest thing when that muffin popped up. So I, I don't know where you are from, dear listeners, but um, here in North America, I guess, you can you can make this thing in a, 
it's like a, a powdery thing that you mix with water and you put it in a mug and then you cook it and uh, you you open up the microwave or whatever and you've got a muffin. You've got like a nice warm muffin in a mug. Dude, that was like my my breakfast every day on the way to work. Yeah. I would get oatmeal or Oh nice. Uh not oatmeal in the cup, what were those? It was like it was like a pancake in a cup. Oh. It was really weird. Yes. Anyway. America. <laughs> <laughs> Home of the pancake in a cup. <laughs> But that's kind of like the thing I thought about when uh, Ray was getting her portions. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, that looks good. <laughs> and I don't think it's supposed to. <laughs> it, it's not supposed to. It's a difficult life that she's got to lead. Um, where were we? Kylo Ren? Yes. Needing redemption? Redemption. I think we're um, talking about redemption. We're talking episode. about Ray and her positive influence and how she intervenes yes. for other people and um, brings them to a good place. And uh, she just has this positive effect on folks. And she ultimately, I think, is responsible for bringing Ben back. Oh, she absolutely is. Um, Even though I think think Luke planted a few seeds there, I think in his last moments, Han Solo planted a few seeds, um, lovingly calls him Ben and whatever. And you could see the inner turmoil in Kylo as he he kills him. But uh, I think it's ultimately Rey who tips him over into him realizing that I can be more than I am. It's two people. It's Ray and Leia combined. Oh, yeah. So in Rise of Skywalker, we have this pivotal scene where, again, Kylo Ren, he is evil, evil, evil throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's very different from the redemptive arc of Vader, who is gradually coming back. He is doubled down, like you said. And something happens during the pivotal battle between him and Ray. At one point on her last ditch effort to save her son, Leia reaches out through the force to her son yeah, and expresses love and compassion for him. And he feels that and it distracts him momentarily. And then Ray delivers the final blow to his abdomen with the lightsaber. So that mixed with, Oh my gosh, I'm about to die. Yeah. Then followed up by Ray saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I, I just stabbed him in the end. Like I'm succumbing to my evil intentions, the Palpatine in me that I just discovered I have. I don't want to be that. I'm going to reach out through the life force and heal him. He could just turn around and kill me right now, but I'm going to heal him. And then deliver this message about how he really wanted to take his hand, but wanted to take Ben's hand, not Kylo Ren's hand. Mm. Has a deep imp- impact on him so much that he then has this vision of his father like it's all so sudden and some people were like oh then that how is it really that genuine but that happens in real life sometimes sometimes it's just one experience one moment that is enough to turn you back the the example that i didn't share about my life about my redemption that's almost how it happened it was momentary it was was almost momentary wow it was such a dark moment that i went i don't want to be here anymore and it and came back. That's the experience that Kylo Ren just had. Well, pe- people always, I, I heard somebody say once that if your life can become terrible in a moment, which it can, mm-hmm. you can get a, you can get a phone call that will ruin your life. Yep. Um, car accident, whatever. Maybe we should be open to the possibility that the opposite is true as well. The opposite is actually true. Yeah. And, and I, I've heard people say that you should be really suspicious of people who uh, make quick conversions of somebody you can convince of, of something very quickly agree to an extent but I, I think in in like those types of cases like it's not like nothing happened leading up to kylo's redemption right 
there there was a lot of inner turmoil. But even then, let's be clear. At that moment, Kylo Ren is still not redeemed. Yeah, that's true. Because all he's done is thrown his lightsaber into the ocean. That's not redemption. <laughs> Come on. That's a good step towards redemption. The redemption happens when he gets into his ship, goes to Exegol to face Palpatine with Rey to save Rey and also destroy the last bit of evil that he knows exists in the galaxy. Yeah. And, and succeeds in doing that. Even that's not redemption yet. Yeah. The redemption happens when he saves Rey, when he brings her back to life. Yeah. When he's willing to sacrifice he himself. Sacrifices himself. Yeah. For Rey. And, and actually in, in the, the Star Wars book, it even says that. So, it, you know, it talks about, if you don't mind me reading this, it says, no, in, please a piv- do. in a pivotal turn of events, um, Kylo faces the memory of his deceased father, moved by the love of his parents and Rey's compassion. He hurls his unstable red lightsaber into the ocean, renouncing darkness and becoming Ben Solo once more. His final act is to head to Exegol to help Rey face the Emperor. Together, the two defeat the Sith Lord. The effort drains Rey, and without hesitation, Ben transfers his life his life force to her, resurrecting her and sacrificing himself, redeemed at last. Mm. There's That's that well redeemed I like that. So great, isn't it? Yeah. Applause for... Dan, yeah, Cole, bravo. I'll Pablo. do a little golf clap. Yeah. So, but again, point that I made earlier action. Mm. How important action is in actually being redeemed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I struggled to see how people really dislike the sequel trilogy because when you break it down that way and you talk about that, like that's the stuff that we love about Star Wars. Yeah. And it's a continuation of those early stories that we loved. And I don't know, like I just I feel like the core of it, the relationships and the impacts that the characters have on one another in the sequel trilogy are on the same level I think as the original trilogy. Yep. Um I get that there are other criticisms that I think people have that are completely valid, but for me, yeah, the, the way that the characters play off each other and the impacts that they have on one another and shape one another. I love that. I think that that's something that really stands out to me and redeeming one another and bringing people back from bad places is like, you know, one of the best things that can happen in real life. I think if if you're, if you're there for somebody and bring them back from a really bad spot and to see it on the screen in star Wars is just a a, a wonderful theme. So it's inspiring. Inspirational is the right word. What's that? Inspirational is the right word. I think think you're right. And it should be inspirational because and this is the reason why we love it so much because we are so bad at it as humans. We're so bad at accepting it. We're yeah. skeptical when we see it. Yeah. We say, all right, you got to prove it to me first. You know, we're almost taught like seek justice still. You can't really, how do you come back again? How do you come back from killing your own father? Mm-hmm. You know what? It is really difficult to come back. And maybe I mean, we talk about, there's stories about inmates who commit heinous acts get put into jail because of it and then get redeemed. And while they're there, like they, they find uh, whether it's religion or something, they give up drugs and alcohol and you know, whatever they, they get on a good path. Yeah. And, and if it weren't just for the, like maybe if they would have just experienced a little bit more love yeah, in life, they wouldn't have committed that act and they would have been in this place where like none of that would have ever happened. Yeah. And it's beautiful, but they're behind bars now, right? We are so difficult at accepting that this happened, that this could happen in real life. Yeah. A lot of it happens today. We see it. We we see it in just the, when people express their points of view and it differs from ours. Yeah. 
So this is really a lesson in how do we as humans make redemption happen more, even in life? There is a way. And Star Wars gives us hope of that. That's why we love it so much. Yeah. And so I always, like you said, some people don't like uh, the sequel trilogy, need to give it a little bit more of a chance. And I'd say, if you pause and everything and say, well, okay, what is good about this? Why could this work? Do it with Jar Jar. Mm -hmm. Do it with a character that people have said they hate so much. Why did George Lucas ever create him? Blah, blah, blah. Pause for a second and think, do Jar Jars exist in our galaxy? Like, not literally, but figuratively. They do. We we reject people all the time that we think are different from us or whatever. Okay. Should we be more embracing of that? Yeah. Then why can't we embrace Jar Jar? Oh, maybe I can. Yeah. If I think of it from that lens. So I don't know. I think I, I think it can be very inspirational if we can think about how can we make that happen in our lives. Then yeah. Then we can, you know, apply the lesson that Star Wars is trying to teach us. Yeah. I, I think that one of the and that was really nicely said. I think one of the things that people struggle with is this notion that people feel like they need to have or like a really big, broad impact. And I feel like kids today are super hungry for fame and, and being like internet celebrities and, you know, doing their TikTok dances and whatever. <laughs> um, like people want to have the, like just this, they want to have a million likes and a million friends and whatever. And that's, a, that's an overgeneralization, but the most impactful thing you can do is usually like one-to-one. Yep. That that's where you can shape somebody with your compassion and your care. And there there's like a a cheesy old parable that I, I that really hit home for me when I first heard it and it's apparently there was a a beach, I think it was in Spain where there was a whole bunch of starfish washing up on the beach. And there was a a guy who was a jogger who was taking some of the starfish and throwing them back in the ocean. And somebody else came by and said and there's a million of them. Like, what difference does it make? And he said, for, you know, the one that I'm picking up and throwing back in the ocean, it makes all the difference in the world. Like, this one will live, and this yep. one will live, and this, and maybe I can't do all of them, but for the ones that I can I can interact with, then, you know, it literally saves their lives. Yeah. And it's it's same, the same is true for people, too. I think positive attention can trigger a redemptive arc in somebody's life if you're willing to give it to them, and one-on-one, and... One -on -one. and that I think that that is just so unfortunately in some ways we've gone the other direction where people feel like they have to broadly impact a million people at once to make any kind of difference. And usually when you ask people about the folks in their lives who've made the biggest impact, yes, there are the entertainers, the musicians, the movie stars and whatever the characters that we love. But usually it's somebody like a coach, a teacher, a parent, a mentor, somebody who leaned in and helped you out at a difficult time in your life. And probably is not a famous person yeah probably is not somebody who has a million likes or a tiktok dance video or whatever <laughs> um and i feel like that that you know that a lot of that is in star wars it's yeah. one person helping another person and i would say too if for people who are like i, I gotta change the world or like how do i do it just from where i'm standing i would say think about your compassion as and love that you can share that could change someone as a, a very special, unique resource. I think there's people who get an abundance of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, but, but we, we determine who deserves it and who doesn't. Think about, instead of trying to figure out who deserves your compassion, just give it to them regardless. 
and you'll probably end up giving it to someone who truly needs it, and it'll be all the world to them. It'll create the change in them that will help them become a better person too. So don't just give it to the people who you think deserve it. Because, yeah, chances are the people who treat you well are the people that deserve it too. But even if someone doesn't treat you well, well, maybe show a little bit of that compassion. It'll soften their heart. It'll help them to uh, to to change and to become better themselves. And I think that's the lesson I take from all this. I, I love studying this this time. This is one of my favorite parts of Star Wars, that it teaches us the power of redemption and the power of of love of others and compassion of others to create that redemption in us. And so if we think, well, Darth Vader doesn't deserve redemption or he doesn't deserve my compassion, well, then he's never going to change. But if you give it to him like Luke does, because it's his father, he realizes I should be compassionate to my father regardless of who he is, regardless of, of the person he's been, that might be enough to change him, to bring him back. So maybe that's a note we can end on. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm going really. Can can I share deep. one one interesting anecdote? Yeah. Um. That that um. I'm th- I'm thinking about the opportunities that I've kind of had in my life to intervene in other people's uh, lives in a positive way, and I'll share a really really small one that made like a little bit of a difference. So when I was a when after community college, when I went to, I guess fifteenth and sixteenth grade. <laughs> uh. So I went to school in New York City, and one of my jobs was I worked in the campus gym. And the campus gym was open to the public. So if you lived in the neighborhood, you could come in and um, use the workout equipment or go swim in the pool. And we had no overnight lockers, but you could come in and grab a key in the morning, and that'd be your locker for the day. And you just keep your key with you, and you come back and get your clothes later or whatever. And there was a woman who would come in, and she was very, very unhappy about everything. (laughs) And she was really cold and unkind. And she always wanted the same key. She always wanted a locker, whatever, 55. And when it wasn't available, she'd get really upset. And so one day I was working and I set aside the key for her, partly to avoid any trouble if we didn't have our key. But partly because it was just, I don't know, maybe I thought that she would react well to a kind act. Mm-hmm. And she did. And her disposition really changed. And I got to know her a little bit. And this woman, I won't say her name, was a like a rock music journalist in the 60s and 70s. Dude. And that's so cool. Like she donated a bunch of her handwritten letters to I can't remember, it wasn't my university, but a university archives, because she was like literally exchanging letters with like the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and the Rolling Stones after like interviewing all of them and becoming friends with all of them. And so I, I gave her her favorite key the one day and she sort of melted a little bit and became a really sweet person. That's awesome. And we exchanged emails for a few years and she was a super, super cold person. I should probably reach out to her and say hello yeah, and not tell her about the podcast where I said that she was really cold and unkind, but <laughs> <laughs> I saw her kind of go through that transformation and it, it was just a little, little thing. And a little thing can make a big difference. Totally. That's a better note to end on. I like <laughs> okay. that story. Great story. Uh, not just in Star Wars, but in personal lives too. We're going to really make our listeners walk away and go, whoa. Or they're going to be like, you guys are ridiculous. What do you, you think you're smart? One or the other. 
Please or, tell us how you reacted to this because we really want to know. <laughs> or I, I, I always think that, that people kind of maybe start out listening and then they maybe just fall asleep. I, <laughs> I picture people like on their couch snoring with an, an uh, empty mug that they made their pancake in a mug in or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's happening here. America. <laughs> America. Home of the pancake in the cup. All right. Well, next time on this oh, yeah. wonderful thing we call a podcast. Yes. We are going to be discussing, because it is March, which is Women's History Month, Yes, we thought, let's talk about, specifically, a woman character that is so important to Star Wars. And there's so many to choose from. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with Rey yes. this time. So next episode, tune in. We are going to dive into Rey, her backstory, who she is, psychoanalyze her, all of yes. this stuff. And give her a little bit of attention because I really like the character of Rey. She's one of my favorites. As soon as I found out in The Force Awakens that she was the new Jedi, the new person, I went and got a Funko of her. Like, I was super excited. I've got one too. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about her and give her some some respect in this month where we need to owe the women in our lives a lot of respect. Yeah, and let's talk about Daisy Ridley a little bit too. I'm really excited to see where her career goes next. So, um, yeah, it's it's the right time for us to to talk about how awesome Ray is. Chaos Walking, I think, is her next movie. I'm kind of excited for it because it's directed by the same person that did um, the Tom Cruise movie. What was that? Uh, Day After Tomorrow or... Uh, Live, Die, Repeat. Uh, it kind of went through a couple name changes, but it's an awesome movie. Live, Die, Repeat. What is that? Uh, I think that's, you need to go find it. Okay. Uh, I think that's called Day After. Live, Die, Repeat. So anyway, good, great movie. Go see that if you haven't. Uh, that's all we got for you. Anything else that we got to say before we I don't think part so. with our listeners? Turn, or is it your turn? I think it's your turn. Because is it you my turn? started this episode. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a wrap. <laughs>